The following program is sponsored by Evangelical Life Ministries. Welcome to Engaging Truth, the manifestation of God's Word in the lives of people around us. Join us each week as we explore the impact of His message of spiritual renewal, from the lesson of forgiveness forged in the crucible of divorce, to the message of salvation learned by an executioner from a condemned killer, to the gift of freedom found in the rescue of victims of human trafficking. This is God's Truth in Action. Well, welcome to the Engaging Truth Show, where we bring the message of Christ to the nations in a real and practical way. Evangelical Life Ministries is a group of volunteers providing Christ-centered information and hope for people throughout the world in many different countries. And we thank you for your support. Today, we have a very sensitive and wonderful interview lined up with Peter Preuss. And uh, he's written a book, I Will Grieve for the Suicide. And so dealing with this topic certainly is going to be uh, a sensitive one. And we're glad that you've tuned in to join us. Uh, Peter, welcome. Welcome to Engaging Truth. Well, thank you very much. It's really nice to be here. Well, I'm glad you're here. And I appreciate you sharing your story. We look forward to diving in a bit during today's broadcast, uh, know what you've gone through and then how we can best uh, minister and help people who have gone through this kind of situation. So um, love for you to start off. Tell us a little bit about yourself, a little bit about your background, then we'll dive into the book. Okay. Sounds, sounds like a plan. Uh, yeah. Well, I've uh, served as a pastor for 41 years. I've been actually retired for six years now. And uh, in my retirement, I've enjoyed doing some substitute preaching. I've served a few vacancies. And I've also uh, appreciated opportunities to speak about suicide among Christians, uh, having written a couple books on the subject, also uh, some articles. And I would say it all started 30 years ago uh, when my first wife died of suicide. She was suffering for several years from depression as well as psychosis. And she left me with six children between the oh ages of one and 12. Hmm. And since then, I, I would say that I've been happily remarried for nearly 27 years now. And so God has blessed me twice with a hmm. faithful Christian wife and uh, a mother for my children. Wonderful. Well, that's wonderful. Well, you've had some uh, personal experience in this topic, as well as ministered to people uh, who have gone through this as well. So when we're dealing with uh, suicide and the grieving that that occurs, uh, how does grieving for a suicide differ than, say, grieving for other death situations? Yes, yes, very good. Um, you may know that uh, grief counselors will talk about five stages of grieving. Uh, perhaps you've heard them, shock, anger, bargaining, depression, and the, the final stage is acceptance. Hmm. But now, what if acceptance is impossible since the cause of death is not acceptable? Hmm. Uh, you're thinking... People aren't supposed to die like this. Right. Suicide yeah. is an evil and forbidden death. Yeah. Unsurprisingly, you don't want to talk about it. And frankly, others don't want to, they don't want to hear about it. Yeah. 
And so in many cases, you're unable to work through your grief. And so your grieving stalls. You're left feeling like you don't have a right to grieve like other believers, you know, who experience in their loss, not only sorrow, but joy, knowing that their loved one is with their savior. Mm. So that joy is probably lacking. People have a real hard time finding that, I guess. Definitely. So, yeah. Okay. Well, that's that's good to know. Um, certainly, just as people go through that process of grieving, there's going to be those moments where you just feel like you're stuck. So, um, so you really have to help people who are grieving for a suicide. So, how uh, well how how might we best comfort those who are grieving? for a suicide? That is such a good question. There's so much that could be said about that. And, you know, I think back and I, I, I kind of touched on three areas here. Um, some simple um, uh, beliefs that we have as Christians, you know, what does it mean to be redeemed? What does it mean to be baptized? And what does it mean to be a Christian? So if I could just uh, touch on those each individually uh, for Please. a moment. Yeah. Uh, to be redeemed means that Christ has paid for our every sin, even the most disturbing sins. And so you can say that your greatest comfort as a survivor following a suicide is not that under all the pain and distorted thinking uh, this person will be known for their Christian example instead of their suicide. No, our greatest comfort is that they are known by their Lord Jesus, the good shepherd who laid down his life for the sheep. Right. Now, to be baptized means that the power of God's grace is working in our behalf. God has attached his name to us pledging to keep us in the faith. And uh, for an image, you might recall the story of Peter walking on the water. You remember that? Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah. at first he was doing quite well. I just kind of wonder what all the <laughs> other disciples were thinking. But Peter, there he is walking on the water. And then all of a sudden he sees the wind and the waves and he's just terrified. And so he starts to sink. and. Uh, Jesus, of course, reaches for him, pulls him up to safety. And the whole point there, I would say, is God will not stand by watching his believers drowned in despair. We've been oh, baptized. Good. He's pledged to pull us up in such difficult times. Finally, yeah. to, to be a Christian does not mean having a perfect faith. Sometimes faith doesn't act like faith, as when one is extremely depressed or psychotic. However, faith doesn't save because it's feeling right or thinking right or mm -hmm. even behaving properly. Uh, for example, instead of sleeping in on Sunday, one is able to actually pull themselves out of bed and get into church. No, we would say faith saves because of what it has, forgiveness, life, and salvation. And right. um, so 
that's really what it means to to be a Christian. Even with a struggling faith, by God's grace, we possess eternal life. Okay, well, great. Yeah, and those are great. Three great um, descriptions and aspects of comforting and helping those uh, to recall. And and I'm looking at the cover of your book, and uh, you met you mentioned about Jesus and the and his sheep. And on the cover of your book, it has uh, a beautiful, uh, you know kind of like a stained glass window uh, look, the uh, Jesus and and holding two sheep in his arms, very tender, very loving. And it's a beautiful cover of your book. And um, so I'm thinking about the children, you know, we're all children of God, but when we look at children of a suicide, uh, you know, a, a person who has a mom or a father that uh, commits suicide, how do we how do we best comfort the children? Because, uh, I mean, I, they're not going to understand things as an adult would understand. So yeah. so what do you think is the best way to help comfort a child? Yes. Uh, we don't want to assume uh, they won't understand, so let's not talk about it. Uh, that's the, the worst thing we could do is just, you know, shut them out and not include them in uh, our um, words of encouragement. I would tell them this, uh, just like people get sick in their bodies, sometimes they get sick in their minds. And that's what happened uh, with mommy. Uh, she got so sick, in fact, that she couldn't stop being sad. And she got so sad, she didn't want to live anymore. And sometimes mm -hmm. when people feel like this for a long time, they unfortunately, they think about hurting or even killing themselves. And that's what mommy did. Now, what she did was wrong. And by sinning this way, she died. She lost her life. No. But you know what? I'm sure she did not lose Jesus. God okay. made sure of that. And now she's in heaven okay. where there's no such thing as sadness or pain or depression. Yeah, so it it becomes a uh, helps a child understand that Jesus died for all our sins, not just the ones that we can palate, mm -hmm. uh, but all of them. So, yeah, that has to be really tender. And with uh, with your children, you know, in your own personal life, um, I don't know how much you go into that in the book. Do you do you get into your own situation uh, and your experiences in the book? Well, I do. Yeah, oh, and uh, okay. one of the things I talked uh, about uh, in some detail is guilt. Okay. You know, and, and uh, anger, I, I guess. Yeah, anger and guilt would probably be prevalent. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's very prevalent. And, uh, you, you know, it, it, well, it's traced back to the nature of suicide and what people think of it. And uh, for those who, you know, go through this, a loved one takes their life, they might be thinking the same way. This should not have happened. Uh, it's too awful. And so somebody has to be blamed, but who? And so it's really common to look for a scapegoat. And more than likely, it's going to be someone close, a family member. Uh, you're thinking, they should have identified this illness sooner. They should have gotten uh, this loved one some help. Hmm. Or maybe um, they're blaming God. God could have intervened and 
relieved her of her sense of hopelessness. Why didn't he? Or suffering from guilt, uh, you're blaming yourself. If only I had done a better uh, job in identifying his troubles and offering relief. If only I had reminded her of how important she was to our family. I drove myself nuts with these if only I uh, statements. Right, but, right. But there's an alternative. You consider how God has provided the perfect scapegoat by offering up his son to pay for our sins and the sins of the world. And so when all is said and done, I would say, uh, instead of looking back at what you might have done, hmm. look back at what Christ most certainly did do, both for yeah. you and your loved one. He was your substitute in life and in death. Now, he, has, he has lived our perfect life for us. Yeah. So that brings people hope when they see that hope is outside of themselves and what Christ their Savior has done. So... Well, that, that's great comfort, um, and it, I'm sure it takes a while for someone who is, um, you know, angry and, uh, you know, feeling guilty, and those two can happen at the same time. Uh, you know, it probably takes a while for someone to really uh, allow that hope to really penetrate their heart, I would assume. Perhaps some people quickly uh, change, but I'm sure that there are people who are who struggle for quite a while. So uh, I'd like to get into the aspect of despair and perhaps even, uh, you know, does that mean that we fall from from faith and things like that? Uh, but before yeah. we do, I wanted I, I wanted to uh, uh, touch base and on uh, our radio program and just give a little, you know, a brief little commercial break if you don't mind, and just to remind our listeners that uh, uh, we do thank you for your support here at the Engaging Truth Show and the Evangelical Life Ministries. Uh, it's again, we are a group of volunteers providing Christ Christ centered information and uh, and hope, uh, as certainly we're getting out today in this topic of comforting those dealing with suicide. Uh, we do thank you for your support and and pray that today's broadcast is beneficial for you. Uh, there are three ways you can support, support us. And one, uh, first and foremost, is prayer. We do appreciate and need uh, your prayer support and uh, certainly uh, thankful for that. We also love for you to financially support us if you're able. You can do that online at our website at elmhouston.org. And you can donate online there. Or if you prefer to write a check, uh, you can send a check in the mail to ELM, Post Office Box 568, Cypress, Texas. And the zip code is 77410. And, and the third way you can support us is to share this message with others. You know, tell them what you've heard. You can buy Peter's book. You can get the hope of Christ out into the world. And uh, don't just keep it to yourself, but uh, get it out there. We appreciate it. And every gift is appreciated and needed. So back to discussing the book, I Will Grieve for the Suicide for by Peter Preuss. Uh, we are grateful to have you here with us, sharing from personal experience and uh, and and the things that God has taught you along the way, um, as you have ministered to families also who have dealt with this. Uh, I would expect and assume that uh, despair uh, comes into play, and so I was wondering if you can perhaps describe, you know, what does despair really mean uh, when it deals with our faith, and and does it mean falling from faith when you are in despair? 
Yeah, thank you so much. Uh, that is such an important question. And um, to answer it properly, we may comment on actually three kinds of despair. I call them the good, the bad, and the ugly. Uh, first, speaking generally, uh, the definition of the word to, to despair is to lose hope, to give up. Well, mm. good despair is where we despair or give up on our works. We, we don't give up doing them, but uh, we give up on them to save us. We recognize they're not good enough. And, you know, that's what we do when we repent. We confess, because of my sin, my works fall short, Lord, of, uh, of what you demand. So that's good despair. Uh, bad despair is when a person gives up on God and his grace. We might think of Judas, who betrayed Jesus. He was condemned in the end, not because of his suicide, but because he believed his sin was too great even for God to forgive. Now, such a person cannot be saved because he chooses to give up on God's grace. Uh, he determines, really, that Jesus' blood will not cover his sin. And so, sadly, uh, he's fallen from the faith. Well, that's not what ugly despair is. Uh, ugly despair, you give up on your life. This final kind of despair is not a choice, but really it's a condition that's brought on by severe depression uh, or other mental diseases or perhaps traumatic changes in one's life. And we can say that by God's grace, Jesus will preserve us in the faith uh, when we are driven to despair of our life. Okay. So you have those those three aspects of despair and uh, um, and wrestling with that. Well, if someone is, uh, well, I guess when you look across our nation, um, there's a lot of despair, a lot of variation of different levels, you may say. And uh, certainly suicide has been, um, you know, unfortunately, it's fairly common, especially certain it seems to come in waves in school districts and communities and uh and different things like that so why do you think there's been such an increase in suicide today uh, especially when you look at uh schools and uh, the youth and uh different communities that are rocked by that why do you think there has been an increase yeah that is uh really a good question uh i think a lot of it has to do um with isolation a lot of it has to do you know as far as the young people are concerned with their preoccupation with uh, the social social media mm -hmm. uh, and because of social media they uh, tend to isolate themselves spending less time for example interacting in person with friends mm -hmm. uh, but that's a problem you know when we don't interact face to face our moods suffer and oftentimes depression will follow. Uh, so that's part of it. Um, I also believe uh, that the increase today relates to what we could call secular teachings or doctrines. Let me give you three examples. There's the 
doctrine of tolerance, you know, that teaches anything goes. Uh, so that means I get to decide what's right and wrong. And and if I decide that it's okay to end my life, uh, well, that's, you know, that's okay. Uh, or you got the doctrine of autonomy uh, or independence, which teaches uh, basically that um, I have the freedom to decide what to do uh, with my life. And if I decide that uh, I want to end my life, well, uh, yeah, yeah I, I can do that. Right. Or we can talk about uh, uh, a teaching of secular rights. You know, I have a right to die. So yeah, right. if I get to decide that my life is no longer worth living, that that is my right. Right. Well, here's right. a question, though, that we really need to ask. Meanwhile, what if someone's depressed and they're convinced uh, because of their illness that uh, their life uh, is is worthless? Hmm. Secular teachings offer no hope. Uh, they they simply encourage ambivalence about life. I I think you can call it and I can always die mentality. There's always that option. There's always the option. Yeah. yeah. So um, finally, that, you know, parents uh, knowing this, what what might today's parents do? Well, um, I, I'm going to say this is very, very basic stuff, uh, but something that we need to talk about. First of all, I would recommend having one-on-one -on -one talks with your children on a regular basis. Talk about uh, what it means to be a child of God. Talk about baptism. You know, in mm -hmm. baptism, uh, Jesus put his name on you. He made you his own. Uh, and if if they are uh, being affected by depression, uh, you can tell them that Christ has given our life worth, taking all of the ugliness of our sin upon himself and dying for us. Uh, mm -hmm. Finally, you may uh, talk to them um, about remaining involved in the church. You may have daily devotions with them. Um, but they need to, to get in with other young people, other young Christian young people, connect with them, uh, those who can offer them uh, a sense of hope and purpose. Okay. Well, that's great to see how families, people who are not grieving for the suicide, can come along those who are in the midst of it and and uh, and provide support and help them and and uh, how vital that is uh, not to not to let them just grieve on their own but to really be there to point them to the hope found in Jesus and you know this year um, at this time of year I don't know when some of you our listeners may be listening to this into the new year but right now we're in December and we're talking about the hope that is coming into the world through Jesus Christ when we look back at Christmas and we also know that He's coming again and so that hope in Christ uh, will sustain us. And so, well, Peter, I thank you very much for you giving us your time, uh, sharing a bit about this very sensitive subject, sharing a bit about your own experience. And and uh, I want to just call people to uh, the great resource that you have uh, written for us. Uh, allow me to say a prayer for you. Uh, so let's pray. Uh, Father in heaven, I thank you for Peter, and I also thank you for uh, the work that he has done on this delicate topic. Uh, Lord, may his book and the wisdom that is shared there be a blessing to others. Uh, and Lord, also may the comfort of Christ, uh, especially during the season of Christmas, provide hope and, and peace uh, and joy to those who are suffering 
uh, as they grieve a suicide. We ask this all in Jesus' precious and powerful name. Amen. Well, thank you, sir. I, it's wonderful to be with you and to all of our audience. We thank you for tuning in. We look forward to speaking with you again. God bless you. Thank you for listening to this broadcast of Engaging Truth. Be sure to join us each week at this time. To help support our ministry, contact Evangelical Life Ministries, Post Office Box 568, Cypress, Texas, 77410, or visit our website at elmhouston.org or find us on Facebook at Evangelical Life Ministries. Thank you.